0: Uh, So tonight we're going to talk about a very simple lesson, and we're in this series on prayer, uh, learning to pray like Jesus. And I told you from the beginning we're going to start simple, and then we're going to go through, we're going to take a few months and just go into even a a college-level course on prayer. And uh, what I want to do is try to give us the confidence so that we can pray and see things happen. Pray, know that God hears us. Uh, Pray and get our prayers answered. And the Bible gives us an incredible amount of information about prayer and how to use it. I think one of the sad things about most Christians is they don't know a whole lot about prayer. And even, I understand this with new Christians, but even a lot of Christians who have been saved for a while are pretty uncomfortable praying especially around people. I just feel uncomfortable. And I understand that because I'm, by nature, pretty shy myself. But that it ought not be that way. Prayer ought to be just as easy as breathing. It ought to just be as easy as taking a glass of water, uh, eating food every day. I mean, it's just, it's just part of our daily existence. And so uh, tonight we're going to talk about this little element of prayer, uh, two categories of prayer. The subject of prayer is incredibly complex. We're going to do our best to simplify it and make even the complexities of it easy to understand and act out in our lives. Uh, but the Bible has an incredible amount to say about it. As we've said, forms of the word pray are used 402 times in the King James Bible. And so uh, we're starting very simple before we delve into the intricacies of prayer as we go through these series. this series. And so a mature Christian should be adept at prayer. And that's both categories of prayer. So we're going to take all the complexities of prayer and just put them for tonight into two categories, just to simplify it. And then I want you to understand that you should be good at both categories of these prayers. Probably, those of you in the room, you you feel more comfortable with one category and less comfortable with the other. And the truth is that a mature Christian needs to excel in both of these categories in order to... Uh, fulfill God's will for them and then also we're going to discuss the pros and cons of each in a very simple and now shortened message because I have a cake waiting for me all right and so did we pray I don't think we did let's pray about praying and then we might pray no we're just going to go ahead and pray let's pray father thank you for the chance to get together uh, this evening we love you and we appreciate so much the opportunity to gather in this church house with people that love you. Uh, Lord, the world's getting crazier and crazier, and many people are getting further away from you. But yet, Lord, we're trying to draw closer to you. And you said there's so much the more as we see the day approaching. And boy, do we see it approaching. A lot of craziness going on in this life. And so we pray that you'd speak to our hearts tonight. Lord, you want to talk to us. You've made prayer available where we can converse with you. So I pray tonight you'd teach us uh, this little truth about prayer so that we can build on it in coming weeks and learn how to pray like Jesus. For it's in His name we pray. Amen. All right, so tonight the two categories of prayer, I'm going to tell you what they are, talk about them for a few minutes, and then remind you what they were, and then eat some cake. Number one, there's personal prayer. Out of all the praying in the Bible, And I've got a list of so many things that that we're going to cover that I think it'd be exciting to you if you could see the list. Uh, But we're going to break all that down into two groups. Number one, there's personal prayer. And number two, there's public prayer. There are times when you pray in private, on your own, by yourself. There are times you pray with other people. As we said, some people feel very comfortable praying alone, but they get nervous praying with others. Some people feel more comfortable, and they have greater success praying with others, but they really have a hard time praying on their own. And we're going to talk about that. Matthew chapter 6, and let's look at verses 5 and 6. The Word of God says, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues, and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward, but thou... When thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which is in secret shall reward thee openly. So here we see the Lord Jesus extolling private prayer. Private prayer uh, is actually the foundation of your walk with God. Reading the Bible on your own, praying on your own. If you can't do those two things consistently, you're not going to have much of a walk with God. And you're going to spend the rest of your life having people prop you up, Getting to church, which, by the way, get there as many times as you can. Be faithful to church, uh, even so much more as you see the day approaching, as we talked about. But if you don't learn to walk on your own during the week, you're going to have to. uh, You're going to come to church, get some life breathed into you, go home, struggle until the next time you come back to church. Breathe some life into you, struggle. Uh, Prayer shouldn't be, or your Christian life shouldn't be like this, just bottoming out every time between church services. No, church services should, should help you uh, and encourage you and help you grow, but man, you ought to be growing during the week. And yes, you're going to have those little lulls at times, but man, you're growing, and the Christian growth trajectory is onward and upward, not this constant up and down and up and down. And it's just like people that never learn how to work because of themselves. Uh, you know, uh, if you've got to have someone stand over your shoulder making you do what you ought to do, then you have no self-discipline. And you've got to learn to discipline yourself that you do what's right because it's right. You don't have to have someone watching over you, nobody making sure you did it, nobody making sure you get out of bed and, and are there on time. you just got to do it yourself. And, uh, of course, we teach young men that, just learning the value of, of being a self-starter and doing what you're supposed to do. Because you're supposed to do it. I told my son recently that self-discipline is doing what you don't want to do in order to get what you want to get. See, we all have things we want, but you don't want to do what's required to get them. Self-discipline is, I'm going to get up when I don't want to get up. I'm going to work when I don't want to work. I'm going to do what I don't necessarily feel like doing at the moment so I can get the thing that I really want. Uh, And so your Christian life is the same way. We talked last week about why is it so hard to pray? Sometimes it is hard to pray. Sometimes it's wonderful and prayer comes so easy. Other times it is incredibly difficult to pray and to overcome the flesh and the flesh pulling you towards the world and that spirit pulling you towards the Lord, and we find that, that battle between the lust of the, the flesh and the lust of the spirit battling for control, you get to decide who wins. And so it's your daily walk with God that is going to determine whether you are consistently close to the Lord, consistently growing, uh, or if you are just bouncing up and down, waiting until somebody just breathes a little spiritual life into you. Don't live that way. It's a terrible way to live. By the way, that's how you burn out. Uh, the fastest way to burn out an incandescent light bulb is to turn it off and on. Just turn it off and on, off and on, off and on, off and on. It's going to blow. And that's the way Christians, Christians say, well, I get burned out. We get burned out because we're, do, we're trying to do the right things, but we don't have the foundation of walking with God. And so we end up doing the right things in our own power instead of God's power, and then you get that off and on, off and on, off and on. Terrible way to live. And so... Private prayer is where we have to begin. We have to learn to pray in private on our own. Now, I've talked to people before and they say, oh, I don't pray in public because Jesus said not to pray in public. That's not the portion of Scripture here. That's not what the Lord's trying to teach us. He's not trying to teach you that it's wrong for you to pray in public. He was saying that the the Pharisees were doing it wrong because they were praying in public for a show. And we'll we'll go over that in just a minute, but we should have private prayer and then times of public prayer as well. Uh, we see in Acts chapter six and verse four that the the ministers there said, "But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word." And so we ought to be given to prayer. We ought to be uh, oriented towards prayer. We ought to be bent towards prayer. It ought to be just as. Uh, comfortable, and just as normal as waking up in the morning and getting a drink of water and eating breakfast. It ought to be just as easy as that. Uh, And and if if you're struggling with prayer to the point to where, oh, I don't know how to pray or I don't feel like praying or those types of things, that's a huge red flag in your life. Uh, You want to be given to prayer, private prayer, because that's the very foundation of your communication with God. Look at Romans chapter 12. We ought to be praying in secret. The Bible talks about a prayer closet. Now, you don't have to have a separate room to pray, although it's nice. I think that everyone should have a place where you pray, and we're going to talk about that later on in the series, but if you don't have a place where you pray every morning, you're probably not consistent praying every morning. If you don't have a time that you pray every morning, you're probably not consistent in praying every morning. Uh, and if you don't have a time, maybe your schedule fluctuates, then you, uh you, orient your prayer time after some other activity and so maybe you pray before you eat breakfast maybe you're on a swing shift and sometimes you work third shift sometimes second shift but you're always going to pray before you eat breakfast whatever breakfast is for you and so maybe if you've got babies in the house and you never know if one's going to be sick or whatever you can learn to structure your life in using sequences instead of Time's on a clock, and that's just as powerful. But you need to have a time to pray, and you need to have a place to pray uh, as you're praying privately. Romans chapter 12 and verse 12 says, Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. And so continuing, that's that ongoing idea. Uh, it's, It's just keeps going. We're in that spirit of prayer. And then instant is very quickly. We can pray very quickly. So we ought to be in that spirit of prayer all the time. First Thessalonians says, pray without ceasing. It's that same idea where we continue in a spirit of prayer. So some people get up in the morning and they talk to God and they say, "Okay, God, I'm going to talk to you for a minute. And okay, amen. I'm done talking to you. I'm going to leave you right here and I'm going to go about my day. That's not how we ought to pray. The truth is God's with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. And so uh, the preacher used to say, my preacher used to say, uh, having a prayer life is like picking up the phone and staying on the phone with God all day long. You're doing a lot of different things, but you're still connected during the day and being continuing instant in prayer. So we start with private prayer, and then we have that continuing conversation with God all day. I like what the Bible says about Nehemiah he was talking to the king and the king asked him what's wrong and the Bible says he whispered a quick prayer and boy you ought to be doing that many times a day you know something happens you whisper a prayer somebody cuts you off instead of honking your horn and trying to run him down you know like some Mad Max movie or or whatever some Ben-Hur episode where you got things coming out your hubcaps and trying to take him off the road how about whispering a prayer uh, how about uh, somebody hurts you or somebody, uh, you know, Bible says pray for your enemies. And so we ought to have that spirit of prayer all the time A need comes up. I got some uh, uh, bills in the mail and 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 they came to my attention recently just the last couple of weeks that I didn't know were there. Isn't that a blessing? And so rather than go jump off a bridge, you know, hey, let's let's pray about that thing and uh, keep praying about it. And so we ought to have that spirit of prayer that is just. Uh, We're very quick to pray, all right, continuing instant in prayer. So we've talked about the personal prayer life, and again, I'm not going to belabor these things because we're going deep into prayer. I just want to touch base and get these two categories in your mind. Private prayer. Now, what are the pros and cons of private prayer? Well, the pros are, first of all, privacy. You know what? When you're talking alone to God, you don't have to worry about what anybody thinks. You don't have to worry about anybody overhearing you. It's just something really special that you can pour your heart out to God. I mean, the deepest, darkest things in your heart, confessing your sins you don't want anybody to know about, uh, casting your burdens on Him that perhaps are very heavy, and perhaps your your spouse or your closest loved ones don't even realize how much those things are weighing on you. Uh, The privacy of private prayer. I just love it. I love just being able to talk to God about anything and having that alone time uh, with me and the Lord. And so you can value that. And then I think about intimacy. Man, there's just something about having time alone. You know, when I go on a date with my wife, I don't want a third wheel or three little wheels, you know, called children. Uh, There's just something special about leaving the kids at home and going on a date. Now, Sarah and I haven't been able to go on a date in in, uh, a long time because of her health, but we'll have little mini dates in the room, and I'll cook dinner, or we'll get something out, and just go eat on the bed, and just have those private moments, but there's just something special about that intimate time, where you can just talk about things, and and the the special closeness between two people, and uh, I think about my kids and I, I value the time that I get to spend with all of them, but also I value the time I get to spend with them as individuals, and so we will have uh dad dates and so I'll take one of the girls out or I'll take one of the kids on a trip with me or I'll take uh someone out to uh to do a special event or maybe take him out for a bagel or something and those special minutes where it's just us you've got to understand that the God of heaven's given you the privilege to have alone time with him every day and yes he's taking care of everybody else but in those moments, as 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 he's taking care of everybody else, he can give you his full attention, and that's very special. So that's a pro of private prayer. And then private prayer is flexible. I mean, you don't have to schedule it. You can pray anytime. time. You can pray in the middle of the night. You can get up in the middle of the night and pray. If you can't sleep, you can get up early. Uh, if you can't sleep, this morning... Uh, uh, I woke up a little extra early, and so five o'clock this morning I'm awake. And that wasn't—I was going to get up a little bit later than that today, but hey, I'm awake. And so, what do you do? You know, you start praying and and I grab the Bible and spend a little bit alone time. And hey, nobody's calling me at five o'clock in the morning. That's a wonderful thing. No emails to answer five o'clock in the morning. The kids were asleep, and so that's precious time. But it's flexible. All right, But the cons of private prayer are what we talked about last week. Private prayer is solitary. Some people have a hard time just stopping their life and spending that time with God. It's solitary. Uh, There's no encouragement. There's no accountability. There's nobody that wakes you up at at 6 a.m. and says, Hey, if you don't get up now, you're not going to have time to pray. The Holy Spirit might do that for you. And by the way, it's a good thing to pray about, Lord. I've set my alarm, but would you wake me up in the morning? You'd be surprised how well you'd get up in the morning if you asked the Lord to wake you up. And uh, I still set my alarm, too, as, a, as a, a fallback. But, man, let let the Lord wake you up. And it would be amazing if you say, Lord, if you wake me up at this time, let me get a good night's sleep. I'm going to pray in the morning. He'll help you with that. But there, there's nobody there for accountability, no person for encouragement. And then we talked about it's single. You have to focus. Some people have a hard time focusing. We dealt with that last week. And then it's spiritual. You know, sometimes people just don't have a spiritual appetite. They get a little backslidden, the things of the world. Maybe they're watching a little bit too, too much TV. Maybe, maybe they've, they've uh, just stayed up too late at night doing their other things. And now in the morning they're, they're behind and they're so exhausted. And maybe they're having a hard time controlling their mind. All the things we spoke about, those are cons of private prayer. What, what makes it hard to pray privately? All right, and then lastly, we see corporate prayer. So, we or, or public prayer. So we talked about private prayer, and then a public prayer. Look at Matthew chapter eighteen, In verse nineteen. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done of them for them of my Father which is in heaven. For whether two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. So, this wonderful promise of prayer so public prayer corporate prayer you can pray with others and it actually magnifies the power of your prayers if you're praying with somebody else who is following uh, god's commandments about prayer and you agree on something the bible says that improves the chances of us getting our prayers answered and so we ought to be praying with others we ought to pray for our friends Pray with our friends, you know, you can pray on the phone. Yesterday, someone called me and they had a few questions to ask about uh, someone that doesn't go to church here, but just someone else. And they were asking me about counsel, about a couple things. And so we talked for a while. And then before we got off the phone, I almost always say, hey, can I pray for you? And then uh, I prayed for them and they prayed for me. Let me tell you, that's an encouragement. You can pray over the phone. You can pray in the foyer. Last Sunday, uh, someone came up and I was talking to uh, Kevin, that, that got saved last Sunday, and he was back there, and, and then one of the other men came up, and he's having a health problem, and I just grabbed both of them, put my arms around him and said, hey, let's pray, and we just prayed right back there in the foyer. You can pray anywhere. You don't have to go to a temple. You don't have to go to the top of a mountain. You can pray anywhere, and you can pray anywhere with people. Just a little bit ago in our prayer meeting, we separated into groups, and we prayed with one another. And that ought to be a blessing to be able to hear other people pray and to, to sense uh, someone else carrying your burden. I receive a lot of strength when I have hear people pray for me. And so that's a beautiful thing. We ought to pray in church. Acts 1.14 says, These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. And so they were together. Acts 2.42 says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And so we ought to be praying with one another. And then there's something special about praying out loud. Let me show you this last verse. John chapter 11. Uh, Whenever we pray with ourselves... And by ourselves, we can pray privately, and uh, throughout the day, we probably pray silent prayers. In the morning, I think it's good. I tend to pray in my heart and my mind, but I think it's wise sometimes to pray out loud using your words, especially if you're tired or those types of things. Uh, It's a good practice to pray out loud. Uh, It's a good practice for, Dad, let your kids hear you pray out loud. Uh, Husband, let your wife hear you pray out loud. Wife, let your husband hear you pray. Let your kids hear you pray. It's good to have other people hear you pray and they can hear your heart for the Lord. And our Lord Jesus did this in John chapter 11 and verse 41. Uh, The Bible says, Then they took away the, the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou heardest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And so Jesus is talking to the father. He said, Lord, I know you hear me basically saying I could have prayed this prayer privately and you would have heard me. But I wanted to pray out loud so that other people would hear and believe. And so it's very powerful when you're praying with other people and they can hear your faith and they hear your heart for God and they're instructed how to pray. And so all of these things work together. Praying out loud is a good thing. Let me give you a couple pros and cons here of public prayer and we'll be done. The pros of public prayer are you have encouragement. You have other people saying, hey, let's pray. You know, sometimes you need that. Amen. Sometimes you need someone to encourage you to pray when you don't feel like praying. That's why it's good for a husband to say, hey, honey, let's pray. It's good for a wife to say, hey, honey, let's pray. It's good for parents to tell the kids and vice versa. It's good for a friend to tell a friend, a pastor to say to a member, a member to say to the pastor. It's good to encourage one another in prayer. Next, we have accountability. You know, we had a prayer meeting tonight, and so uh, we knew what time to be here. And so... uh, if you were going to set a time to pray with somebody, now you have to be there. You have to get up. You have to show up. And if you're not there, then people notice at least the person you were going to pray for. So there's an accountability in public prayer. And then I think the learning of public prayer. I did an awful lot of learning as a young Christian. I learned how to pray, not just by praying on my own, but by listening to other people pray. And Blessed Old Baptist Church, where I got saved, they would break up. And they did it at the end of the service, their prayer time. And uh, often the men would be on this side, the ladies would be on this side, and and right back here about... Four or five rows back, there was a group of men that would pray, and I remember very distinctly a few times. I wasn't always in that group, but a few times being there and just listening to these older men pray, and it did something to my heart. And I learned how to talk to God. I learned that you could use just normal words. I I l- listened to old farmers talk to God, and they were talking like they were. They sounded like they were just talking to their papa. And then I heard some men that sounded like they just came down from Mount Sinai, using the these and the thous and the Almighty Fathers and all of this kind of stuff. And, and I don't mind that at all. Matter of fact, I, however God wants you to pray, just pray and pour your heart out to God. But I learned an awful lot about prayer, listening to more mature Christians pray. That's one reason why I think prayer night is so valuable, not just for the Bible study and the encouragement, but praying. And you say, well, I'm not much of a prayer. Then come and learn to pray by listening to other people pray. There are a few cons of public prayer. The first is the schedule. You've got to make time in your schedule for public prayer you got to show up when it's time to pray. you got to go to a prayer meeting, go to a special service. The next is fear. Sometimes people are afraid to pray publicly. Proverbs twenty nine twenty five says, The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. And uh, it's never a good thing to be afraid of man. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is what matters. fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, beginning of wisdom. But the fear of man will always cause you trouble. And whether that's a a a, a lost person or a Christian person, why in the world would be we be afraid to pray with our fellow brothers and sisters? But people are, Uh, and then pride can be an issue. We read Matthew chapter six, and that's what Jesus was really condemning: is the Pharisaical pride in standing up and making big prayers when there was no heart to it. It was a show; it was theater. And in Matthew chapter twenty-three and verse fourteen, the Lord warns the then again, woe unto you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayer. Therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation. So they were doing wicked things, but when it came time to prayer, man they could wax eloquent. And so sometimes the danger could be in public prayer is that you're putting on a show. Uh, and that would be uh, something that would dishonor the Lord and yourself. But let me just tell you, anytime you bow your head and your heart to God and you just talk to God, it's a good thing. Don't complicate it. Pray by yourself every day and pray with others as often as possible. And if you can get these two areas of prayer down, I'm I'm working on my private prayer life and then i'm working on my public prayer life you know some some people today i have no doubt that with the people in this room some people are like man i just i'm just a little uncomfortable praying uh with other people i'm not chastising you i'm just encouraging you and i'll f- finish with this uh, my prayer life with my family was difficult in the beginning with my wife because it's hard to explain private prayer time for me was really all i had i got saved uh, as a teenager i got really close to the lord Prayer for me was survival. It became something that was very sacred. And even after we got married, it was hard for me to pray with people. Not because I was afraid or pride or those things, but it was just something so incredibly special to me. And one day my wife's like, Sweetie, can I ask you a question? I said, Sure. She said, Why don't you pray with me? I said, You know, that's a good question. And I explained to her, but I explained to her that I wanted to work on that. And so that was a challenge to me. There could be all kinds of reasons why you struggle with one prayer or another, but it's very simple. With all the complexities of prayer, pray privately, pray publicly with your friends, your family, your church. Do both of those well, and that becomes a strong foundation for you to lay all the other ideas and thoughts about prayer on. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for the... A word of God that we've read, such a simple truth, but yet one that could be so valuable if we would just do it. So help us to pray privately, help us to pray publicly, bless the offering that we're about to take. Thank you for the guests that are here this evening. and Lord, thank you for the kindness of the church folks remember my birthday and getting such a beautiful cake. I'm, I'm really humbled about that, and so thank you for that. Bless our time. All the prayer requests that we took help us to be faithful, praying for those, and uh, pay special attention to those requests. Help us as we go into our harvest days. We've got special days starting this Sunday. So Lord, help us to uh, do those in a way that would honor you, help visitors to come. May we have your power as we minister. May the the, the gospel go forth in every service and every class and every uh, ministry. And Lord, may we honor you with all we say and do. In Jesus' name, amen.